Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And welcome back to Mads World. I'm your host, Mads, and I hope you've been enjoying the show so far. If you have, please remember to leave me a review, rate the show, and subscribe on Apple or Spotify. This week, I am joined by author and Vogue columnist Annie Lord. Annie has written for a number of publications, including Vice, The Sunday Times, The Independent, and she now has a dating column in Vogue, which is very exciting. Annie joins me in this episode to speak all about her brilliant new book, Notes on Heartbreak, which I fucking adored and chewed through cover to cover. The book is a fierce, honest, and raw love story told in reverse, beginning with a devastating and unexpected breakup. As Annie goes through the rollercoaster of a broken heart, her beautiful memoir revisits the past, from the moment she first fell in love, the esoteric jokes and deep tangle of lives in a long-term relationship, to the months that saw the gradual breakdown of a five-year-long bond. I have to say, I cried a few times reading it, both happy and sad tears. It's a stunning exploration of love and heartbreak, and the book is so much more than one about a singular breakup. It is an unflinchingly honest and candidly written story of the simultaneous joy and pain of being in love. If you've ever been through a breakup, this one's for you. A book about the best and worst of love, the euphoric and the painful, the beautiful and the messy. I hope you enjoy our chat because I loved it. Hello, Annie. Hello, thank you for having me. I've got a bit of a cold, um, <laughs> so my voice is like 10 decibels lower than normal, but that's probably makes it sound a bit nicer than it usually does. I do love that. It makes it interesting for a podcast to have someone with a husky voice. Yeah, and <laughs> only, I suppose like there's a slight risk it could just completely disappear halfway through but it's gonna peter off into nothing um i have just finished reading your book notes on heartbreak which um thank you so much for sending it to me and i'm super excited for us to get stuck into our chat all about it because it's absolutely brilliant so oh, thank you so much i, I want to know first up what gave you the idea to write notes on heartbreak and the structure of the book is a bit different to a normal love story so i'm just mm. really interested to know what inspired it and what's inspired the structure Yeah, I mean, I think, I feel like I really couldn't have written a book about anything else at that time because I was so consumed by the breakup and that's all I would think about. And yeah, I like, I didn't really do any other work. It just really, you know, those things where you sort of wake up in the middle of the night and you're like scribbling things and it just completely took me over. So it wasn't, I don't even know if I ever felt like inspired or whatever. It just felt like a bit inevitable. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the structure, like I very much wrote it kind of stream of consciousness sort of way where, you know, it's, it's very noty, but it kind of did come out like that. And the, 
obviously there's me in the present processing the breakup and going through all the horrible stuff like getting weird haircuts and like ringing people <laughs> drunk and being messy and all that stuff but then you know the other part of it sort of drifting back into memories of our relationship from the beginning towards the end like that kind of is how you think about breakups and process them when you're going through them like you do sort mm. of look back constantly at what it was like at the beginning and um so yeah obviously like I sort of formalized that structure but it was kind of the messiness of it is kind of reflective of my messy brain at that time I think it's so cool because like you said you're you're drawn back to the reality of it when you're going through a breakup and you feel the pain and you're, you're like living in that moment and just feeling like shit but then your brain is also living in the past because you're remembering you're trying to remember all the bad stuff to make it easier but then you keep and then something will remind you of you know like a movie will come on or a song will come on and it'll remind you of all the good times as well and you're like oh wait but then you don't want to yeah. forget those good times either because there's a part in the book that you speak about when um you know people are telling you negative things about your ex and you don't want to lean into that because you want it to stay as this like perfect thing that it was at the time yeah completely like one of the things that mm. made me feel most depressed like after the breakup was like speaking to friends and be talk they talk about their exes and be like oh they were such a dickhead and da 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 and it just mm. it made me feel so sad to think that like I was gonna get to that point and that you it's always like to get over someone it feels like you do have to get to the point where you're completely sick of them you hate who they are and that just made mm. me feel really sad because it's like you wish you could it would be so nice if you could have all the good memories and like cherish those and move on at the same time um yeah <laughs> but it's so hard to do that it does make it so much easier to just be like oh I hate them like yeah just latch onto the bad stuff in order to heal from it but I wonder if when you get to a point because I think I'm at a point now where I can look back with my ex I went through a breakup last year mm. and you sort of think of all the things like you can think of the good things and it's not bad. So I think of things like, oh, because we were housemates in lockdown and we were friends and then fell in love. And so I sort of think like, oh, maybe COVID wasn't so bad because, you know, I had my own little love story. I wasn't really bothered by it. I feel like I can look at that stuff now. Do you think you can look at your experiences now, reflecting on it and having written the book and everything? Is it easier now? Yeah, completely. I mean, I actually did think that, Obviously, I went through points of, like, so much anger and really resenting him mm. and, like, mm-hmm. only thinking of bad stuff. Mm. But I think I did really work to not get to that point where I had I could only get over it by, I think, focusing on the bad. And, like, I think mm-hmm. the book definitely helped with that. Like, it was, was almost like doing therapy or, like, journaling. Like, because, you know, just processing all your feelings and, and, like, knowing that that's how you're coping with it. Like, how that me writing that down made me realize that was how I was coping with it and that does just make you less like to rely on those things and um yeah like I totally look back with like really fond memories and like now it's weird because like I am so over the breakup and like I'm I think now completely see it was like the best decision yeah but it's funny now like I'll still like just you know like gets like a weird sick satisfaction over like walking down the street listening to like Lana Del Rey and like thinking mm-hmm. of him and it's but it's now <laughs> it's like now it's like kind of a fun pain because I feel so in control of it do you know what I mean yeah it's just yeah. like being a bit like nostalgic and silly um yeah I think I will feel like another stage of grief I think when I get to the point where I think back and I just like really feel nothing do you know what I mean which I think probably will only happen once I've like fallen in love again which I haven't happened yet but like rumor has it that that changes that. 
also there's a part in the book where your mum speaks about how, you know, she had a romance as someone, as a young person, and now she just feels nothing. And you think, God, the thought of that is so depressing. But then at the same yeah. time, you can't wait to get to that point because you're like, you'll probably have someone, hopefully, or if that's what you want, and, you know, it won't hurt you anymore. But then you just don't want to forget all the special little things like, you know, rolling around in bed on a Sunday and having it like pissing yourself laughing and stuff you know you don't want to forget all that stuff yeah completely I mean mm. I suppose people say your first love you never fully get over it mm. it'd be so funny like if I do like oh god that's so depressing when I fall in love again I'll be like having to erase <laughs> all this evidence on the internet of me being like yeah I'll probably never go over it <laughs> like, and you've got this book here on your bedside table and he's just yeah, like what's that what's that about and you'll be like uh I don't yeah, know it, I can tell you it doesn't go down brilliant when you're trying to chat men up <laughs> oh my god well having a dating podcast doesn't do that well either so <laughs> yeah we're in the so, same boat um so that was sort of some of the best stuff about writing the book what was the hardest mm. part about writing the book you know I mean the obvious is you're reliving trauma <laughs> yeah well it's weird actually like um I kind of wrote I did write it a lot as it was happening. Like it does, I think the reason really? why it feels, yeah, like I think I wrote the reason why it feels so raw is because like mm. it really was a lot of it. I It was like, you know, a couple of days ago or whatever. But yeah. like, um, I mean, some bits I had like a lot of time. But um, in that way, it was kind of nice because it was like, as I said earlier, just like helped me kind of understand my feelings as they were happening. Yeah. Um, I did I did get concerned sometimes at points where I'd read things from other writers where they spoke about like how they tried to write something about something bad they'd experienced in there like an editor was like oh you're way too close to the text like it's a bit too emotional you need more like you need more time to you know more space from it so you can look at it in a more like analytical way and stuff but like um, I think it was like um, I was into a podcast that Carmen Maria you know who wrote um in the dream house oh no but I'm going to read it I love it was such a good book I was reading her because she was talking about and saying um that she pitched an article so like the New Yorker Mm -hmm. or something and they were like you just feel way too near to this abusive relationship she was in but then it's like I kind of like that it does feel like that and I feel like if I was going through I mean you know different things for different writers but I, I like that it feels like that and I think like if I was going through a breakup that kind of immediately would help it because yeah I could almost feel sometimes like as I was going through the book like oh god I'm I'm feeling better I'm healing from this Mm, (laughs) but it's it's a weird thing though when I would like go back to write certain sections it was quite easy even if there had been a few months from certain bits to slip back into exactly how I was feeling at that time to the point where it'd be kind of weird where like if I was writing a bit about like me being angry I would suddenly become like so enraged (laughs) when I was writing it or like um you know jealous I'd suddenly feel jealous in it and like if I didn't if that didn't happen because it did make it a lot easier to write doing that I would it was quite easy to like sort of look at old messages or like pictures and stuff and get back to that point like um I think I I remember going on like a jog once and like putting Lana Del Rey um Norman (laughs) fucking Rockwell on because um it just took me back to a lot of feelings I was having at one point yeah and then it was like I was right back there and then it it did come out again really easily yeah there are times and you think that you're completely fine that's the thing with a breakup it goes from sad every day to sad every few days maybe sad once a week and then the gaps get longer and longer and then after like you know, you might be fine for a month and then something will happen like you'll see them on Instagram or it'll come out of nowhere or you've had a few drinks and, you know, you start looking at old texts and you're like, 
whoa, this is such a powerful feeling of like shame or anger or, you know, just Ooh. emotion. And you're like, how is this happening? It's been like three months since I last gave a shit yeah. and it's just back again. Completely. Like that's something I definitely, like I kind of put in the book a bit about that because my mm. friend Diora, I remember being really frustrated because I'd, um I can't remember now what it was that had sort of set me back. I think it was like seeing him with someone new. Mm. um yeah I was yeah seeing him with someone new and I was like but it'd been so long yeah and I was like I can't believe I feel shit about this again and I'm crying yeah and then she was just like you know progress is it's not li- like um grieving it's not linear and like just because you feel yeah. bad now it doesn't mean that you know you're all the way back it's just that you're gonna have these like ups and downs it's like a squiggle yep. and yeah, then squiggle. you're sort of working your way through the squig- squiggle yeah it's so weird that we're talking about this now because I was at this squat rave in Dalston on Saturday which was tragic but it was really fun and I I know that one of my exes from years ago I've seen his hinge since we've broken up and it says on his hinge like message me or ask me out if you want to go to a squat rave and then in the smokers Guess who's fucking there on the weekend? Oh. And I was, I haven't seen him. Were you like, I manifested years. it? <laughs> Literally, I was like, what am I even doing here? I don't, I'm not even a rave kind of gal. Like, I just went because my housemates had, my house, my neighbors had a party and we all walked there. And mm. literally, I was in the smokers. And I was like, I'm not giving him the satisfaction of looking at him, but I could feel his eyes burning a hole into the side <laughs> of my head. I was like, I'm not fucking speaking to you. But yeah, so weird. But, and now and then I was like looking through our old messages and that it's been three years, Annie. It's too long. <laughs> That's so funny. No, did you do you know what the actual worst feeling is? I don't know why it's so bad, but like going out and thinking you're gonna see um someone, not even to get with them, but see them to look hot and make them jealous. Yeah. Yeah. And you built your entire evening around like them being there and like working your way up and like feeling confident and like getting a really good outfit and they don't turn up. It is like the most crushing feeling. Honestly, even if it's like a party or something and you think that they might have mutual friends and they might go and you don't, sometimes you might just be in their area. Like I was in, I was in Peckham the other day and there's this boy who I used to fancy who lives in Peckham and I was like, oh, maybe I'll sit. Peckham is huge. Like he's not going to be exactly yeah. where I am in Peckham. And then I was like, you're an idiot. Like he's not going to be there. But then it's like, you do think, what if? you know <laughs> yeah it's yeah. so difficult isn't it and then I do feel like I, it's weird I don't know what the universe is doing but I've I've bumped into my ex like yeah so many times in my life like probably Ew. like five times and I'm like oh my god I don't I've, yeah it's weird isn't it I've never bumped, bumped into people and it's like yeah. he doesn't even live near me anymore I bumped into him the other day so yeah. weird it's a London thing. Like it happens and there's 9 million people here, but then someone that you hate or someone that you you fancied will get on your tube, like yeah. tube carriage. And but it's like, weird, isn't it? Hell? I never bump into a friend. It's always him. And it's like, yeah. I wonder if it's because like the universe is weird and it wants you to do that yeah. to you or like whether it's because mm-hmm. you're sort of subconsciously looking for them more or what it is. But Yeah. Do you know what someone said to me once that like – and I'm I'm not like a horoscope girl I'm not like a spiritual girl or anything but someone once said coincidences are just patterns that we don't see and I was like whoa it's like maybe there's something like some pattern something somewhere that no one really knows what it is because coincidences are too weird to just be 
a chance, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. But I don't know where the patterns are. It's probably some fourth dimension shit. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, um, I want to know, this is a, tr- a tricky question and you don't have to answer it if, it if it is difficult, but what did your ex say about the book and ha- how did he find out you were writing this book? Yeah, well, he he's kind of already used to me, like, writing about him, <laughs> even when we were going out and stuff. Um, and, like, yeah, he did, like, he knew it was happening and things like that. I'm, yeah, I'm just so grateful that he let me do it, to be honest. Yes. <laughs> That's another thing. But, like, there was something, I think, as well in, like, getting over the breakup and writing it where it's, like, it didn't feel like this at the end, but definitely in the beginning, like, because it kind of grew out of, like, you know when you go a bit mad and you, like, start writing, like, a love letter to get them back? Well, not even to get them back, but just, like, you do that. I feel like it's such a cliche thing where someone's like, I'm going to write them a letter. And I wrote this, like, slightly deranged, like, 3,000-word love letter. yeah. But a lot of it was like, you know, just like memories of us going out and like, um, you know, in jokes and stuff like that. And I kind of guess I was kind of sending it knowing it wouldn't like make him want me back, but just like as a kind of testament to what had happened, that it wouldn't, you know, like as we were saying earlier, like the idea of forgetting all the good things is so painful. And I think writing them down made me feel a bit like it was a bit easier to let go knowing there was like it, they were there somewhere and it's then, written down somewhere yeah and it's more per, it's permanent yeah and then the book kind of grew out of that as I mean the love letter was like a, a bit confusing and <laughs> a bit <crazy>. emotional <laughs> yeah so like the book yeah. obviously but yeah it, it did begin out of me unpiecing all those memories mm-hmm. and stuff and like it there's something that makes me feel so nice that there is like the this book like a testament to what we had that's like mm-hmm. physical and it's there yeah. and like I just think it's really nice and when I did bump into him the other day I was like it was actually a really annoying time to bump into him because I just um I was it wasn't a bad like I had like no makeup on but it was like quite a nice no makeup day like my skin was good I'd washed yeah. my hair so you yeah. know but like um I was going to the gym and I was a bit like you know you kind of want to be wearing like knee boots and like a tiny little yeah. dress and you see right so it wasn't like ideal <laughs> knee I was like, boots. Oh, hey. <laughs> so specific <laughs> so specific yeah. Um, yeah I bumped into him and then we were just chatting and um, he was like oh um, it was really nice and said that he'd read over it again and that it made him really smile which was so really he, nice. he's so he has read it then yeah yeah he's yeah he's read it oh, uh, we yeah. didn't really talk about it much but he just was like oh it's really nice um, yeah, and then I saw him again good. when I came out the gym which was really annoying because that time I was like super sweat I get like drenched in sweat if I do any exercise and like bright red and then I had like these two huge Asda bags oh um, god shops and that one was like damn (laughs) the universe wasn't my friend that time (laughs) well what is it like yin and yang maybe you got a good one when you looked nice before and then you have to have a bad (laughs) one to balance it out this podcast is becoming weirdly spiritual today and I'm literally I'm so not a spiritual person I don't know yeah I love it. Um, a bit off track from the book. What do you mm. love doing apart from writing? Do you know what? Like, it's it's actually so embarrassing. I never talk about. But, like, I'm such a gym addict now. Really? <laughs> you know when something's good. like so not in your like personal brand? Because I feel like yeah. I'm a bit like because yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm a bit messy and like love partying and stuff. Like, I would be so yeah. embarrassed if people knew how much time I spend in the gym now. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I go. I've I've gotten into like I think since lockdown. Yeah, since, mm. I used to just go to like hit classes, but then yeah. since lockdown, I started going to like um, you know, like doing weight, like squats and like weightlifting and stuff. Mm. Not like to oh compete, but like just lifting heavier weights. Um, Where are you? Because there was amazing. like during the pandemic, there was this guy. It was like he'd set up like a gym 
it was like a PT at the gym I go to and he'd set up in like a marquee like a gym and you could pay eight quid to go oh like virtually no like he would you could just go to like he'd literally had all the weights like in a marquee and he could just pay to like rent it that's Um, so fun yeah (laughs) I don't know how we got away with it like the whole pandemic but I used to go I went to there a bit because like Obviously, there was like all the weights and stuff, and I just got more into it. And then I basically was like, "Oh my god, hit classes are way too tiring." I mean, it's so good for your mental health, isn't it? I feel like every time I yeah. do like some exercise, it's like a drug. So much, but then sometimes I'm like, feel like it's a bit like almost bad because I'm like, I can be in a terrible mood, go to the gym, come back and feel amazing, and obviously mm-hmm. that is good because it's like a healthy way of dealing mm-hmm. with things. But you know what you're like. It almost feels like you gas it yourself into feeling okay. Like it's so powerful how good <laughs> exercising feels. They're like, yeah. I don't know, you could be so depressed about something and then be like, yeah. <laughs> it's concerning as well when you think of times that you've not exercised and you're like, is that just my my normal state of being? Is totally yeah. depressed? Like how how scary? So much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, apart from the gym, what else do I love? I don't know. I I, I really like um, oh, so basic, but like just see friends I feel like I'm a very social person but I really need to like charge up to do it though like I I can feel really burnt out if I've like spent too much time around people and like I now I live with like um my two flatmates at the minute I get on with them so well but it's almost like that means I'm never in my room I'm yeah. always just like hanging out and then I don't really notice it but like I'll start to feel like exhausted and like grumpy but I just yeah. want to hang out with them because they're so fun yeah but I do need to like shut my door and be like me time me time yeah. sometimes yeah I feel like I'm the same because if they're home it feels rude to go in your room and shut the door so you have to be mm. like and then you have to text and be like I'm in my room with the door shut like so they don't think you're mad or something yeah completely it's like it's weird to draw that but it's like you have to draw a boundary but you don't want it. it's almost like it's the same when you're in a relationship as well isn't it where you you really get on with someone and you can tell that you're like way too under each other's skin and you need mm. to have a night or a couple of nights on your own. Yeah. But doing it feels like so painful and like, ugh. Yeah. But as soon as you've done it, you're like, oh, like that wasn't. It's like when, when they go on holiday for a week and it's actually pathetic how much you miss them. You're like, I'm yeah. useless. And then when they oh, come back, God, it's yeah. so exciting. And you like want to go to Heathrow and stuff, but you're like, no, that's so cringe. Yeah. It's funny, actually. <laughs> I remember like going on a, um going on one of those like girls holidays, like when school finished, we all went to Zante. And I'd always been the only single one, like the whole of school. And like, um, I just remember get, like being so excited to like, go out and snog boys and like, yeah. and like literally all my friends in the first like two hours were just like sobbing because they missed their boyfriend oh. so much. And it was just like, come on guys, like this is my only, but it's also so funny because like I was talking with them friends because we're still like best friends. And they're like, oh, it's so funny now. I'd be like, thrilled to have like a week away from my boyfriend but I'd love it when you're yeah. 18 everyone's so like when they have like your first mm-hmm. love whatever everyone's so dependent on them aren't they yeah that's so true and like yeah I mean now it's the same isn't it kind of sad though that like everyone now would love a love a break it's like that idea mm. how all the old blokes at the pub are like sitting around going oh like so good to have time away from the missus and yeah. that but then they get back home and they're probably just like totally whipped Yeah. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. That's so much. <laughs> I, I guess, like, I think I think when you fall in love the first time, from what I've heard, like, you do mm-hmm. sort of throw yourself into it in a way that you don't, like, the second time. Because, like, I feel like I'm almost glad that I've loved, like, that intensely, but I don't mm-hmm. think it made me that happy and I don't want to do it again. But, like, yeah. it's nice to have it, like, two peas in a pod, like, partners mm-hmm. in crime in each mm-hmm. other's pockets sort of thing, but... Yeah, you feel reluctant when you get hurt to do to do it again just because you're almost when you're going through a heartbreak you're almost like was this worth it? Like is mm. the was the high as as low as the low, you know? Like is it yeah. worth doing it again? And I think now that I'm like happily single and just enjoy meeting new people, going on dates and all those things, I'm like not the most special person would make me give this up. Like they would have to be perfect because I'm so I'm just thriving. I'm like if so, like I'm not gonna just become not single for some mediocre person, you know? Yeah, that's so mm. nice. Actually, I was speaking to a friend um, the other day, and she was um, had seen her partner for the first time since they broke mm. up. Oh, really? And she was like, she said something, and I was like, God, that's just like so beautiful and nice. He was like, she was like, oh, I saw him, and he looked really handsome, but it just kind of made me think. Like, it didn't make me think, oh, like what a loss. She was like, it just made yeah. me think, like. My next boyfriend has to be really fucking <laughs> handsome as well. <laughs> yeah. And Not like, and that, yeah, like, cause I think you shouldn't then go down. Like, my ex was great, which means yeah. when I go out with someone again, they need to be great as well or greater. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like it shouldn't be like I've lost that because you can get that again. Like, you don't want to settle. Yeah, no, that's so nice. And I wanted to get into a bit of a discussion about the book itself. So Mm. there are so many relatable feelings that you've articulated really well, I think. And it's not like any other book I've read because you do speak about cliches in the book and not wanting to 
have the same experience as everyone else, which I think is such a relatable thing to say. But there are some things in there and they feel like cliches because they were so relatable that I was like, that was lifted from my brain. <laughs> like, Oh, I love how, that. <laughs> yeah, like how else would you have known that? And like um, so I'll go through them and I just would mm. love to know more of your thought process on those. But um, the first one was not wanting to tell your parents about the breakup in case that your ex changes their mind and then you have to reintroduce them into your life because <laughs> I did this when my ex from years ago cheated and then I told my parents and I was obviously devastated in that and then mm. I took him back and then everyone thinks that you're a fucking idiot and they don't want to be like that's a bad idea so they're like yeah. well it's your life and you're like no and then obviously he did cheat on me again so <laughs> <laughs> they were right but that idea of not wanting to tell them was was really universal so I'd love yeah. to hear more about that. Yeah I mean for me as well it just kind of also just made it real do you know what I mean like soon as you yeah said this has happened it's like yeah it just confirms it and that's really horrible but I guess there's also a part of it like I try really hard with friends and stuff when they talk about like shitty things guys have done or something to like not be to also say you know when you're talking to a friend and you know the advice you're giving they're not going to follow it and they're going to do ultimately whatever they want like I yeah. always make it clear I'm like you I know you're going to do that and I'll still be here like here yeah. if you do it and I'm like always as well like saying I'd probably do that as well like I'd go back yeah. to them or I understand like it's so intense when you love someone and just mm -hmm. so they know like you're still there to talk about it even and they're not embarrassed if they go back because I feel like that can even be like so much more isolating and really if you want the person to like change you like having a like, go at them for what they've done or like whatever just doesn't it just doesn't work and I like put like a ban on my parents like being rude about um <laughs> not being rude but like saying anything like critical about my ex because like you just don't want to hear it do you um, yeah. but almost to the point now where like my mum will still be like oh I mean I don't want to like um you know da, da, da. and I'm like no mum you can bitch about him now it's fine yeah <laughs> like I'm not like, to be honest my parents still really really like him so it's not ever really been a thing but yeah I just was so clear like don't bother bad mouthing him I won't appreciate it yeah and it doesn't make me feel good if anything it makes me feel like you you think I have bad judgment or something or when people yeah. say stuff like oh I never liked them anyway it's like <laughs> what the fuck like we went out for so long and you yeah. hated him this whole time that just makes me feel stupid I think as well it's like you're still so in love with them so you mm. like you haven't you're still really defensive of them and like the sort of way you are with like siblings or whatever it's like don't say yeah. it like I only I can say that and so yeah it yeah. doesn't just makes you go into like fight mode <laughs> yeah literally and, and then you start thinking about all the good stuff and you want to defend yeah them. and you're like, like you're like wait no yeah <laughs> what a bad cycle um the next one was knowing that they kept the plan to break up with you as a secret and just the idea <laughs> of that is so hurtful because mm. this also sort of happened with my more recent boyfriend last year is that um like two weeks before he broke up with me I was with his housemates and one of their one of them dumped their boyfriend and I was saying, oh, God, I hope my ex never, you know, feels that way about me but it doesn't tell me. And I saw all of his housemates, like, look at each other and, like, didn't say anything. And I, and oh, I was like, fuck. I clocked it and I was like, that's so weird. And then two weeks later he sent me this text and was like, oh, you know, let's have a talk. And he came down from Leeds and broke up with me. And then I was thinking, like, did your whole house know? And he was like, yeah, I've been talking to them about it. And I'm like, and that is so hurtful just to think it's, that he was telling yeah. random people he just moved in with all about this and I was like fuck you yeah it's it's weird isn't it because like there's so many things that are just confusing as well because it's like 
you do kind of on one hand understand why like no one just decides to break up with someone in a day and then goes and does it like of course yeah. it's something that people think about but it's like these things are still so hurtful even if they've not really done anything wrong like yeah and I think you like have to make it it's so hard when someone decides they don't want to be with you anymore that's the hurt, mm. like the hurtful bit yeah but I think because you can't get annoyed at that like everyone's free to make that decision and leave whenever they want you kind of find ways of being angry about like all these other things like and you find them like I in the book like I I write about like I just got so so angry about how he hadn't come and collected his stuff yet yeah because that was something even though it wasn't that annoying it was all in a like drawer under the stairs I couldn't even see it and yeah. like, he'd already paid for like a month of rent when we both were paying it so like he wasn't if anything he like was owed to have stuff there yeah and like all this yeah. stuff but I like I just needed something to be furious about because I couldn't be furious about the fact that he'd left me and that is just so horrible <laughs> like you kind of want them to have done something really fucked up so you can like so you can hate them I mean yeah. even with even with cheating though then I guess if it, I think like the worst thing they could do is is cheat but then when mm. that's happened and you're still really mad but you still do feel the same but then you feel guilty if you you feel guilty for feeling the same, which I think mm. is maybe worse because you're like, you know, you're heartbroken, but then you, you can't believe that you still love them when they've done something so bad. Right, yeah. But, yeah. The next one I had was this quote, and this was so nice, and I don't <laughs> know if I don't know if it's come from another source of inspiration or, or come from your brain, but it was just because you know the name of a flower doesn't mean you understand what it is to be one. And it was the idea that... People say, are you, or you're saying, oh, I got broken up with or oh, I'm heartbroken, whatever. And that just on the surface level means they think, oh, she must be really sad. But like trying to describe how you feel that you're drowning and you feel sick and your tummy hurts and your brain hurts and, you know, it, encapsulating that into one word of heartbreak is just so pointless because yeah. it's so much bigger than that. But yeah, I loved that quote. And oh, what, what, yeah, what inspired that for you? Yeah, I guess just those exact like feelings that you were just saying, like it just doesn't it, like words just start falling short, don't they? When you're in like mm. a pain that intense and but that's also something when I was writing the book, I really wanted to like try and do as well, because like um, so many books I'd read about grief and heartbreak, like tend to begin like way after the fact of it. I mean, it's different because this is with grief, but I'm just meaning like something where someone's in a lot of pain like they they'll begin like when they sort of wake up from a haze of just start crying in bed all for two weeks or mm-hmm. whatever like um and I kind of wanted to try and write something that went through went through all that immediate pain as well and tried to put it into words and I guess because it's so impossible to put into words I kind of instead spoke about how you can't put it into words but I did, it was definitely something I wanted to address rather than it just skipping past that stuff yes I wanted to write something when they were like feeling like that people could read and then feel like really seen. Yeah, that was another thing I was going to say is who do you hope reads it? So what kind of person do you hope will read the book? Oh, it's been so nice. Like I get loads of really cute messages from people. I bet, um, yeah. Saying it made them cry and like um, it really helped them get over something. Or like I've had quite a lot of people yeah. be like, I was going to see this really shitty guy yesterday, but I didn't go because I read the book. It's like, actually, I was on the tube the other day and I, this woman came up to me and she was like, said she just read it yesterday. And she was like, oh my God. And I was like, oh, and then we were walking together because we were going the same way and we were chatting. And then she was like, um, I was like, oh, what are you doing tonight? And then she was like, oh, I'm going around to this guy's house. He's really toxic. She was like, oh, you must be like 
she thought basically I would judge her for doing that. Oh god! <laughs> and I was like, no, you go to the old toxic man. <laughs> um, oh, that's really cool. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I just it's been really nice knowing that it's actually got like, as well as people just reading it to like mm. enjoy the story, that it also has like helped in quite a practical way because when I was mm. going through the breakup, I was struggling with the fact I couldn't really fe- read anything that kind of summed up what I was going through or felt like that yeah. like I've, there was so much music that I was like yeah. listening to and being like oh my god like you know when you just hear a lyric for the first yeah. time almost and you're like oh, that's exactly what I'm going through like I kind of wanted to write something that would like do that for people and like it sounds a lot of people are saying it has so that's been really nice oh that's amazing and I think it that is so true that there's not much and especially you want to read stuff from people like you. Like you want to read something from someone in their like 20s or 30s living in London who's been through this breakup. Like you want someone to, to embody you and tell you it's going to be okay because they're okay now. Mm-hmm. When I ha- had my breakup, I went uh, and listened to a lot of Elizabeth Day's How to Fail and like hearing mm-hmm. how other people were failing at stuff, it made me feel, it made me feel like I had a friend then some of them I purposely chose the ones where people spoke about failed relationships and I was mm. like this is actually so helpful because they're just people similar to me so yeah I think it is a really cool tool I love it <laughs> <laughs> um the next one I wanted to chat through was the self-blame phase where you think about all of the little things that you did that you wish you could have changed and like you cringe at the thought that you did this stuff. So like if you shouted at them one time a year before and you're like, why did I do that? Like yeah. that's probably what started all of this. But you can't do that stuff because it, you can't change anything and also it just makes you feel responsible, which, you know, people change their minds sometimes and that's just life. But I thought that was a cool inclusion as well. I think it's like as well just like remembering that there's no like one thing that you would have done that would have made the relationship happen you and that person become so mushed up together it's not anyone's fault it's like you know you might cringe about nagging you know I was constantly thinking about how I was like nagging him about like the house Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then but then it's like now I look back and I'm like he was nagging about the house because he wasn't doing enough in the house yeah (laughs) and yeah maybe there would have been a better way of dealing it but it's not like one thing you know snapped it's like it's thousands of different ways Mm -hmm. in which it said it turned into something that wasn't right anymore and it's just you can't just blame you I feel like when with breakups I feel like you you begin Mm. off blaming yourself Mm. and then you start blaming them and then you kind of just realize it was just both of you and yeah. the universe and oh god back to spirituality <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah it's so like relationships and emotions are so complicated and there's so much to them and so many outside influences as well and you know how can you pinpoint one thing when it's just a constantly moving like organic thing you know that like you said there's just hundreds of things that go in like little even little things like sometimes you might look at the way that they're positioning their feet and you're like oh that's that's weird yeah completely <laughs> the next one was the idea that we want our relationships to be different like our relationship was different Mm. our relationship was special and you want your heartbreak to be just as profound and just as different and just as like you just can't believe and this was something I felt you can't believe that anyone has ever felt this bad in their life and you're like yours was different yours wasn't as bad as this but it probably is exactly the same for a lot of people you know yeah completely like I th- I feel like s- some people get like um that makes them feel a lot less alone but for me I mm. was just could not believe that like 
it was so hurtful to me to think that Mm. this was just what everyone went through and because you can almost cope with it thinking it's special and unique and beautiful like this Mm. this pain because there is something almost romantic in like unrequited love or pining after someone but then Mm -hmm. when you realize it's not it's something so many people go through it really it's just horrible to think about yeah it's it's black and white like there's good and bad in it because yeah yeah, like you said you can feel like comfort in that as well but yeah completely um but then I also think like why not let yourself think that it was like perfect and unique and completely different to everyone else join me like no one does know what you and that person shared like you can try and say like I when I'm like talking to friends in breakups I do I am very aware of and cautious about being like oh yeah me and my ex and like oh yeah this and that like because I don't want to make them feel like that and Mm. like sometimes I'm like oh I don't know if sorry I don't want to keep like talking about myself here but like and then sort of check in on whether it's annoying or not (laughs) Yeah, there is nothing worse than when you are speaking to someone and then they just relate every experience back to something that happened to them. I'm so guilty oh, of it. I do it all the time. But And it's some it's some people's way of empathizing and showing that they're feeling empathy because they're like, oh, well, that happened to me too. I did that too. But then it, it's also at the same time like, shut up and just let me be annoyed or sad. Like, yeah. It's not yeah, about definitely. you. <laughs> yeah. I think it's when I do it in like situations like, it's. I think it's most annoying when you're doing something that you just can't relate to. Like say if a friend was like talking about like, I don't know like not having much money growing up or something and you're like yeah well, like I don't get it but like I kind of get it with it it's like you don't yeah. get it <laughs> it's like you think in doing that you're really helping that person feel that you're with them but it's like yeah but all they're thinking is you're not with me you don't get yeah it. yeah yeah it has the opposite effect yeah the next one I wanted to chat about was and this was this was so oh, I just love the book, okay? It was really good. But this one was like, it was trying to do normal things. And when you go out like with your parents for dinner or you go to the football with some mates or you go out for like girls' drinks or something. Like my breakup was just when lockdown ended. And I feel like looking back, he purposely did that so that I wouldn't have to sit in the house and cry. So, which is fucked up, but nice. (laughs) But anyway, it's when you're trying to do normal things and it actually makes you feel worse because it feels mm. like someone is shouting in your face, look at me while I'm talking to you and you're trying to ignore them. But you feel this like this grief like demon on your back that's just being like, when you get home, we get to be sad again. Like <laughs> just so scary yeah. and fucked up. But yeah, I thought you articulated that really well as, as well too. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think like, you just kind of have to listen to yourself, don't you? Like, if you want to mm. sit and wallow, I think you need to let yourself sit and wallow. But at the same mm-hmm. time, like, you know, certain people I feel like feel guilty because they're like, they want to go out and party or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think you can just listen to how you feel. But mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely like went through so many things where my parents would take me like, to the cinema or something to cheer me up. And I was just like, I wasn't there. I felt like a sim or like, I was like, yeah. like not actually. <laughs> like a like, sim. <laughs> Like I'd been placed there, but I was completely somewhere else. I was at home crying and like they'd be talking yeah. to me and I just like wasn't present at all. Just like, nah. Even with work, like having stupid, because was, it was still when we were working from home all the time, which is also now, but I would get on work calls and like you've got clients yelling at you and like just having unreasonable demands and stuff. And I'm just like, I don't give a shit. Karen like I yeah don't care right now and you just <laughs> I'm don't in a different solar system literally I'm in outer <laughs> space right now you can shout at me all you want it's going over my head you do you <laughs> 
the next or the last one that I wanted to chat with was and I wanted your advice as well on this one for people listening is the idea that you can let yourself imagine getting back with them in two years time as a way to ease the pain and this is something that I definitely did and um, a friend said to me at the time um, when the universe universe again when the universe feels like it's saying no it's either saying not right now or something better is coming and so it was like you were allowed to believe you know in two years you might get back with your eggs because that gives you the comfort of thinking it might happen but when it gets to two years down the line you won't care so it's sort of an easy way to to ease the pain but I was wondering what were the main things that helped you to get through it and what advice would you have for listeners on easing their pain and a heartbreak yeah I mean to be I do think it's just one of those like annoying things where it literally is just time yeah like, I don't think there's any thing you can do and that well the, I think there are like obvious things you can do like block them I mean, to be honest, that's it, isn't it? Just reduce, don't don't look at them, allow yourself to cry, feel your feelings, call in all the favours with friends, like like cry to them until they're bored. Like, yeah. Use up all your friend points. But like, yeah. I also think like as one thing that I found helped is like not, like when you do things wrong, when you do ring them and you're drunk and you stalk their mm-hmm. Instagram or seat with mm-hmm. them and stuff like that, like, don't get annoyed at yourself either for when you do do those things. Cause it's like, I also mm. think they're kind of part of the process. Like it's very rare that people are strong enough to just completely block someone. And though that yeah. might like speed up the process of the breakup, like, I don't know, not many people have that self restraint. And like, yeah. also sometimes you end up doing things and they do help. And even though you wouldn't expect it to, like, I definitely found like sleeping with him after we broke up, like did help. Cause I think it just, mm allowed me to have a bit of closure almost and like I could yeah. kind of like seeing with him and seeing that he was still in love with me it just wasn't right like mm. meant I could let go a little bit more yeah because it's not like total rejection I think the worst part yeah. about breakups is the re- the feeling of being rejected and not being good enough and there's just nothing you can do about it yeah. and you're just you're feeling quite helpless but when they reach out to you or you get like an I miss you text or something like that it sort of validates those feelings and you know that they haven't turned into some alien that has no feelings for you and, you know, you had a terrible, terrible judgment or something because it humanises them again and you're like, oh, they're not that special. I am. Yeah, good, completely. You know? So, yeah, just in, embrace the messiness. You'll probably make loads of mistakes and just don't beat yourself up about them, um, I would say as well. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was really fun. Oh, and no, thank you for having me. That was so fun. And thank you for letting me fangirl because the book <laughs> is fucking amazing. So I will put a link in the episode description for everyone oh, listening. Amazing. But yeah. Um, and where can people find you on social media? Uh, my Instagram's like at AnnieLord8. I actually think my Twitter is as well. There's no okay. specialness of the number eight. I think it was just like, you know, when you sign up and then it was like the any. Um. <laughs> you know, that's my lucky number. It was, that oh, was my it? lucky number. Yeah, it's my basketball number when I was in school and I was in Fiji once and they did frog racing and my frog was number eight. So <laughs> just okay. picked it. Yeah, really well, cute. But, the universe yeah. again. <laughs> oh my God, don't. I'm going to have to change the name of this podcast to something spiritual. <laughs> Love it. Thank you again. No, thank you. I hope you enjoyed my chat with the wonderful Annie Lord. Please let me know on my Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, whatever. I'm everywhere. If you have any stories or thoughts of your own to share and get in touch with me through my website, it's madsworld.co. Love and elbow taps. Peace.
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.